Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Sunday. Figured for Sunday we would drop a different background for those that are watching this. It's the Dead Sea behind me. So just to give you a little taste of where I would have been in a typical year. This is a normal year. Andy knows this well. I'd, I'd be right now in the Holy Land. We'd be preparing ourselves for, actually, I think it's still be in the air right now, but I'd be heading towards the Holy Land. So I'm in that zone. So for those of you who are, able to, or those of you who are not listening just from the audio, but you're watching it visually, I hope that you enjoy the view. Happy Sunday for those that are with us live, whenever you, wherever you are, wherever you are, thanks for tuning in. And whatever day you're in, make it an awesome day. We're talking about this idea of enthusiasm, zeal. We had a great guest on the Shabbat show last week, Bruce Leon. And he says to me, I listened to the boost. Let's, let's fight. Let's, he says something like, let's, let's live with zeal. And as soon as he said zeal, I'm like, ah, he does listen to the boost. Because <laughs> where have you heard that word before? And so I love it. This is our word now. It belongs to us. We've just taken back a word in the English language. We've taken it from zealots. And we're trying to, you know, rename it. So for those that, for Bruce, uh, big shout out to you and thanks so much for a great interview. We ended last week with this idea about being fast acting. Why that's so critical for? Why is it that we have to operate with zeal, with enthusiasm. And I was thinking about it over the weekend, about how really what happens to us, if we really live with this understanding that our minds are neuroplastic, if we, if we understand that to the extent of what it really means, and we live with it, we realize that we can never rest on our laurels, right? There's two sides of this sword, right? We hold a double-edged sword in our hands. On the one hand, when you live with neuroplasticity, you recognize that um, you can do anything. You can change. It's incredible. Like, if you think about it, it's an incredible concept. Like, I can change. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that are hardwired. I don't mean, I don't mean it at the level that, like, you can just you know, close your eyes and change yourself. But the idea that one can change neurologically is incredible. It's not like, yes, yes, hip, hip, hooray, motivational stuff. It's real. You can learn new things. You can feel new things. It's great. But there's a double-edged sword to that, which is that if you don't, you're changing anyways, right? If you don't, I don't say you have to get rid of people, but like, if you don't, somehow distance yourself from that negative friend, you're going to hear negativity. You're going to be more negative. So whether you like it or not, your brain is always changing, which means whatever you're going through is changing you. So whether you like it or not, the car is moving. You just choose. Do you want to sit in the driver's seat or the passenger seat? In the passenger seat, you get to sleep. It's a lot more, you can play with the radio, right? You can change the music, but you also get to sleep. So there's some benefits. I'm not telling you it's in the back, but you can't drive. 
And that's the choice that we make in life. Do we like to sit in the passenger side and look out the window and let days turn into weeks, turn into months when we're like in and out? Or do we want to sit in the driver's side and we got to stay up? And we got to, even if we're tired, we got to fight the, fight, fight the exhaustion. And we got to pay attention and we got to make the lefts and the rights and stop at the lights. And that's, whether we like it or not, that's what's going on in our lives. And the reason why that's so critical is because in this world of enthusiasm, we're living not just like if I get zeal and if I take zirizut, zirizus, and I live with this principle, that's great. And if not, I am where I am. That's not how it works. It's if I'm not, I am sliding towards laziness. I am sliding towards a propensity for an action. Because thinking about this, like, isn't that what laziness is? Isn't laziness just like learned in action? I'm used to taking action and now I don't for a while and I feel lazy. You ever get that? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I had that a lot more. But you ever get that feeling? You remember when you were younger? And for those that are listening that are a little younger, so maybe this be maybe easier for you. You know, like when you're like in school mode, right? So like you get to like final season and you've got like 12 finals. I went to a school, especially high school. College was a joke compared to high school. I went to a very challenging high school. Law school reminded me of high school, believe it or not. And like, I remember being like 17 years old and I had like, you know, 20 finals. It was serious business. And like, we, we were all, we still believe back then that grades matter. I wish it's, it's good. It's good when you go to school and you're young. Cause like, oh my gosh, I hope I get an A in like biology because it's going to really impact my life. if I don't become a doctor, but either way, not for now. And I had 12 finals, 20 finals, right? You're studying, take a final at eight o'clock, you finish at noon, you go home, you get lunch, you study hard, right? Take a break, you study again, you go to bed, you wake up six o'clock, go to the thing, got to pray, got to final, get week, day. And you go through like two weeks and you're rocking. Every second, every minute is like counted for, right? You feel the pressure all the time. And then all of a sudden you take your last final and you give in your last final and you're free, right? And it's the summer. It's like you're free at like end of May. And then like two weeks later, not like two two weeks, you've done nothing for two weeks. You're in high school, no responsibilities. You wake up whenever, you go hang out with your friends. And then like your mom's like, do you, can you just like go mail a letter? And you're like, oh, I can't, you know, what happened? A month ago, you were flying. Every minute was counted for. Now you could barely get out of bed. You can barely move. It's like exhausting to go to one thing. Yeah, it's called inaction. Your brain learns neuroplasticity. Your brain learns this. This is how we operate. I can't, it's tiring. And if it, if you get that long enough, when you get up and you get up against the next challenge, you've got all this new neuroplasticity that says, nah, you know, you're too tired. And then you got the neuroplasticity that says, yeah, you are too tired. And then you got the neuroplasticity that says, even if you don't do it, like it's okay. And all of a sudden you can't do it. What happened? It's because you're holding a double-edged sword. Either we're growing 
or we're atrophying. Either we're moving in our action or we're teaching ourselves in action. It's not like if I take this trait, it's great. Thank you. I'll put it in my pocket and add it to my list of tricks. If you don't, if we don't do this, we're going to slide into the world of inaction. This happens all the time. And as you get older, you look at your children and you're like, wait, hello, come downstairs. It's, it's 10 o'clock. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And he's like, you know, schleps himself down the stairs. And I'm like, wait, you just got this. You're, you're up at six o'clock in the morning a couple of weeks ago. Every morning. What happened? It's our lives. It's who we are. I even see it for my own self. Like I said, I would have been on an airplane right now. Usually the first Saturday night after the holidays is the first trip. I can't even imagine going. I, I, I miss it. But like the action of like packing and saying goodbye to the family and getting on an airplane, I'm like, I can't. And I'm like, wait a second. I mean, I can't. I, what, I did it last year. I used to think, I used to travel a lot. I can't even picture myself like getting on an airplane and then going here and getting on a car and a train. And, and now, but I used to go all the time for years. What happened to me? What happened to me is my brain got really used to waking up in the morning and staying within, but for a few times a week in the same neighborhood and many times in the same home. We've worked from home for so long. You know, there's a study that's coming out that most people don't want to go back to work. They're not scared of their health. They just don't want to leave their houses. Who would have thought that'd be possible two years ago? We're getting used to inaction. We're getting used to walking around in our slippers. The joke that people have all the time is that I don't think we've wore suit pants in like six months. I'm not gonna tell you what I'm saying. Like <laughs> we don't have to go that far, but like you know, we, sometimes you just put on the top. You know, there's a thing by the way. We've got got a lot of friends in the retail space. You know, in in even in the retail market, there's like a demand for tops until the cameras are gonna start to capture the full thing. But that's, that's this concept that we're getting towards. Is that we have to be aware of it. We have to be aware of inaction being not just a consequence, but also a danger. Because what it does is it actually makes us weaker. It creates that first bit of, of, of challenge. You know, in life, many times... And we, we've spoken about this before here on the show, if I remember correctly. I think I do. Andy, if I forgot, Andy will remember. Andy, we spoke about this concept of the borders, right? We did this here, right? About the borders and how, you know, usually when you get to a border, it's more intense than when you get into the city. And people, if, you, if you're driving and you stop by a checkpoint, that's not the city, it's the checkpoint. In many ways, that's how life works. When you start something new, yeah, Andy, right, okay, the, thank you. The, the border, the beginning, the first five minutes is much more intense than the rest. A new job isn't as, isn't as intense as the first week is. Once you get, you go to camp for the first time, you go to a new neighborhood. Like once you get down the beginning, like it seems to be much more normal, but where we're scared is at the beginning. And as we get in action, more focused in our minds as we slide away from zeal and into the world of inactions what's really happening is we're just building up that wall of starting we're building up that wall of the first something 
We have to be aware of it because the knowledge is power because our brains need us, their souls to be more aware of how it works. Because if I'm aware of how it works, I am better at fixing it. And so last week we ended with this idea that the first aspect of zeal is fast acting. We shut off our brains once we determine this is something I should do until we're doing it. So if we figure out the the progression here, which we still have to fill in the pieces for, but just where we are, is that when I decide something should be done, my brain shuts off until I am doing it. I don't think once I have decided it should be done, I don't overanalyze as I get closer to the wall. I told you the story. I'm sure I did about my friend and the family member I did in the summer. I remember. I remember. Remember the story of my buddy. He had to go to his family member and he, he drove and he turned around and came home. And the whole way he got around it is as soon as he determined that this is where he had to go, he stopped thinking. Just do it. Don't analyze now. Shut off that thing. In the world, there's a book that I'm forgetting. It's called, oh, I remember it's called Overachievement. It's a great book, Overachievement. Elliot, John Elliot. John Elliott, Overachievement. Andy is right now, he's Googling it. In a second, if you're alive, you're going to see it, I'm sure. If I got the, the name right, I haven't read that book in years. It's an incredible book. It's called Overachievement. It's by a sports psychologist. And he speaks about what's called the squirrel brain. How if you've watched squirrels, they just seem to like, they defy gravity. And they're just like, and, and, and they just, and he describes, yeah, he's got it already. For those who are on Zoom with me, for those, I'm sure he's going to post it on Facebook Live. If you want to go live and watch us live, just text me, email me, Charlie at Charlie Ryder. We'll get you the links. Different experience when you're live because you get Andy Boltex and his fast acting hands. John, John Elliott speaks about this concept called a squirrel brain where squirrels, they don't think. They got little tiny brains, I guess. I don't know. I never, I, don't, I never looked into the research of squirrel brains, but let's, let's go with it. Let's assume they've got small brains. So when they're jumping from tree to tree, they're not like, well, should I? I don't know. Pretty far down there. What if I fall? I mean, I could destroy my tail and I got kids and I, did, I, did, my, did I fill out my insurance policy? They're not doing that. They're like jump. And many times... Very tiny, right? And many times when we make decisions, we, we overthink it. We should turn into what's cool. He, he speaks about sports and he says, many times when you're playing in the game, you know what to do. You're just overthinking it. You're not to hit a ball. You're just overthinking it. You're not a catch. You're catching. Right? You're not like doing surgery. There's a ball coming at you and you're catching it. Right? Sports, if you break it down, are not very complicated. Formations are complicated especially if you're playing football, being in the right physical shape is complicated, right? The game is complicated, but the actions are fairly basic. It's swinging and catching and throwing. Now, when you put it into context, it's very complicated. But many times the breakdown of people is that when they're doing the elements of the game, they're overthinking it. If you just turn your squirrel brain on and just go out and play, all that practice would, you, you know what to do. So he actually coaches people to use his, their squirrel brain. Just do it. Just is a great story in that book, if I remember, about where he, the, the Stanford pitching team was like losing it. And 
he he was it pitching yeah it was pitching yeah the pitchers I think it was Stanford and he had them go in the backyard and just like you know back you know sandlot baseball for those who remember what that is and all he would teach them to do is don't worry about the batter or the count or the fans just pick a target and see if you can hit the target and they would do it and they were awesome they were college pitchers and he goes when you're in the game don't worry about all that stuff just the catcher's mitt goes here just hit the target and he trained them to put on their squirrel brain don't think it just throw it to the target don't overthink oh my god i'm down one two this is a runner on second if i give up this hit then my, my whole career my fans my family's here and they and they won the championship you got to know when to turn your we have to know when we turn our brains off that's also part of brilliance is knowing when to, when not to use our brains that would be the hardest part of it when not to use our minds that's also a piece of enthusiasm and and zeal knowing when to just be in not to think not to overthink fast acting if for no other reason than to not allow laziness to congeal. If for no other reason than to not to allow inaction to be habituated into our minds. By always being on the game, by always being ready to act, you are teaching yourself. I'm never allowing the laziness, the inaction to find a place in my mind. And I'm not going to die from this. I'm not. I know my brain is telling me that I am, but I'm not. I'm not going to drop because I acted quickly. So here's what I want to do this week. And if you're with me, you know that we've been discussing this concept called um, journaling. Journaling is so critical. I was reading the biography of a man, Rabbi Shimon Schwab, a great rabbi named Rabbi Schwab. He was a rabbi. I think he had a congregation in the Washington Heights area. I mean, he was beyond. And I was reading his biography over the weekend. I, I saw a, he wrote a book with his ideas on the Torah portion. And that's what I picked it up for. But then the first few pages was from his son about him. And I just couldn't, I couldn't. And he would journal every single day. He was not from this planet. He was so holy and special. And, but what took me, one of the, of the many things that I got from his, bi- the brief biography that his son wrote was that he journaled. He didn't call it, I don't, I don't think he called it a journal. I don't know what he called it, but I'm sure he called it a much holier word than journal. But that's what he was. He journaled every day. I'm like, wow. You know what? If the rabbi could journal every day, I could journal every day. Like I'm saying like, if this rabbi who like has got thousands of congregants, people asking him questions about life and death, I don't know. If the rabbi can do it, this is a good lesson in life. If the holy man can do it, the regular guy can do it. So I'm a regular dude. And it really got me journaling. But one of the questions that we keep on getting here is like, you know, how, 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 what do I write? What do I write? So, so for those who are asking these questions, like this is where traits are very, very big because this is how you, you watch yourself. You journal it. So here's a good journal entry. 
every day. Commit yourself to writing one thing you did that day that you your brain was pushing you from. One moment of fast acting, of zeal, of squirrel brain, one time. You had to make a phone call, you made it. You had to pay your bills, you just paid your bills. You do your taxes, you just sat down to do the taxes. Right? You, 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 you got that thing in your head, you should check in on so-and-so. You check in on them. <laughs> Michael, you're right. I would also need a list, but let's start with one. Let's start with one. Every day, but commit without bleeding end there, right? Not, you're not making a, a, an official, you know, declaration of commitment. This is a good thing to write in our journals every day. One story of where my brain said tomorrow and I said now. Where my brain said, nah, and I said, no, I'm doing it. And it could be small. It should be small. Because now you'll know you'll do it every day. If we did that, you know, this is a special day. Today. I don't know what time it is. Andy, what time is it? I don't even know. I got my screen open over here. How much time do I got? I was line 21. Okay, we'll talk about this tomorrow again. Okay, we'll keep on talking about this. We'll keep on talking about this. We'll get this. Because when you get this, when we get this, we're building the, this is, remember we spoke about the idea, this is like the beginning, the foundation of all traits. Once you get, once we get this, once our brains get from us that our souls are not taking the easy way out in life, we're ready to fight and work. It works, right? If not now, then when? Very good. Okay. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week. Looking forward to spending it with you. And with God's help, can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Thanks so much for, for, for jumping on on a Sunday morning.